the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your engines! And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. On a beautiful Saturday morning, but that uh, starting lineup kind of, I don't see all the people he mentioned. Well, that's the way it's going to be today. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, of course, is, uh, he said he wasn't going to come in until he felt comfortable after the coronavirus and all that social distancing and stuff. So uh, he wasn't going to be here anyway, but he is a little bit under the weather. And Greg is a little under the weather this morning. So, uh Hope he's listening, and we'll uh, try to do we best the best we can without him. You well, got some uh, you got some guests coming in. Yeah, I got my daughter coming in about eleven forty five. So uh, then we're going to take over a little bit here. We're going to talk a little bit about dirt track racing and stuff. And uh, she's coming in at eleven forty five or ten forty five. Ten forty five. There I'm, you go. You, you're cutting her out an hour. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of get mixed up on time, but uh, we'll have her in here, and we'll talk a little bit about dirt racing. She's got a. Uh, Colt Gilliam lined up. He's been on a hot streak over at Cherokee Speedway and uh, up at uh, Carolina Speedway. So uh, she called and got him lined up this morning. Then uh, right after him, we'll be talking to Tony Adair over at Cherokee Speedway for just a little bit about the fan appreciation race tonight that they have at Cherokee Speedway where they let the people come out of the stands and actually go into the upper pit area and... Actually, just walk around, talk to the drivers, touch the race cars, do whatever you want to. And a lot of times, we'll have uh, we'll pull our car up across the racetrack, and we'll have T-shirts, uh, bumper stickers, back window stickers, and stuff like that. And just be handing them out. Well, that's as long as you stay socially distant, right? Uh, uh it's, it's social distance. Uh, yeah, it's it's all politically correct. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In other words, they're going to be wherever they want to be. That's exactly right. Hey, do you still have the Fox sticker on the back of the car? Uh, you're supposed to give me some more. You know, I put a new body on my car every it, week, even though it don't look oh. like it's new after two races. But uh, we'll uh, we need to work up some more Fox stickers. Well, I need to get a hold of some because I think I gave you the last one I had. So uh, the last couple, but we'll take care of that. And uh, it just was good seeing it in Victory Lane last year. Yeah. Uh, it's also uh, uh, a special day that you know I like to recognize every year. This is June the 6th, which is D-Day. And, of course, 76 years ago on June 6th, 1944, the uh, Allied troops landed at Dorm- Normandy, and Bud Moore was a big part of that. It was a, Actually, it was a small part of that because it was thousands of ships and soldiers and sailors, and he... Um, he was just one of them, but their uh, their bravery and what they contributed to uh, our country that day that began the real liberation of uh, Europe is uh, can't be understated. So uh, every year I like to play the uh, interview I did with him when we wrote his book, 
and it's it's about runs about fifteen minutes, and we're going to play it at uh, eleven o'clock after the first hour break. And it's just him telling what happened that day, and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I got cold chills when he when I recorded him sitting in his kitchen, and I'll probably get him again today when I listen to it when when I air it. So uh, we'll do that at eleven o'clock, and at ten twenty, our legends uh, guest we have Buzz McKim, who was the uh, who. I don't know, his was title curator, uh, head historian, whatever he was when they first opened the uh, Hall of Fame in Charlotte. He retired from that, and uh, he's now down with uh, his own, uh, at his home in Daytona where he's spent most of his life, where he does a weekly radio slash television show at a restaurant. So uh, we'll, and, and he's just, uh, I mean, he, he is a historian. I as I said last week, I'm an old race fan, so I call myself a historian. But he's a full-fledged historian with a huge background um, in auto racing. But um, we had some pretty good racing last weekend. Some hard feelings. Well, we had another winner. I think Nelson, he picked two cars. So, uh, yep. And, you know, don't get me wrong. That, that two cars on Lucky Streak, uh, he's kind of, I say, backed into two wins. Do they count? Yes, they count. Well, and <laughs> somebody had to win, so... Uh, he ought to... The nine car kind of eased the, the other car up and the 22 car. And luckily, here was the two car ready to take advantage of that. Well, I don't think he's going to be splitting the money with Chase. But uh, it's uh, it's the thing about Chase Elliott. He's in every race now. I mean, he's right there either. And I still read where he he pitted, he pitted, he pitted on uh, the, the 600, but... That was not his call. Uh, he was told to pit. And, and I think we discussed last week that drivers, I think, have been known to say, well, I'm not coming or something. But anyway, it didn't work out, and Keselowski won that one. So, again, this week at Bristol, which um, I actually watched every lap of it. I thought it was an entertaining race and that big, empty racetrack. Uh, quite a few caution flags. It was almost like the old Bristol again. And he... Uh, um, had it right down to the finish, and he got inside of Keselowski and just couldn't keep it down there, and that was on the third turn of the last lap. Well, that was uh, kind of, he kind of drove it off in there, just a little, kind of, you know, at restart there, everybody knows that Joey Logano's got a good restart, and he jumped out front there and kind of, you know, I don't know if Chase uh, kind of drove it off in there a little too deep, but he didn't make a friend with the 22 car, I can <laughs> tell you that. But I've heard talk this week. They said, well, don't get me wrong. Uh, Chase has been on the wrong end of that stick. But guess what? It wasn't on the wrong end with the 22 car. So he didn't make a friend with the 22 car. If it had been somebody like Denny Hamlin, where Denny, you know, I ain't going to say Chase owes him one from Martinsville mm. from last year. But uh, and then talking to Joey Logano after the race, he said he didn't apologize for it. He just sat like uh, he had he, to dig. He had to drag it out of him. Yeah, he said. You know, he said he didn't come down there and just say, "I'm sorry, I got loose or whatever." Which, if I didn't see nothing about loose about it, it was just driving it off in the first turn. Too, I mean, third turn, third turn, too deep. Yeah, and uh, there's no way I don't think Logano should take that personally because it wouldn't have mattered who was out there. That's the way he was going to drive into that turn. I mean, it could have been a. Uh, Kyle Bush or anybody, so it just he just happened to be in the 
wrong place, they, wrong time. When they ran out of real estate. That's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then over in the, uh, on Monday night, we had the Xfinity race up there, and it was, it was entertaining too. And our man, uh, locally here, Jeremy Clements had a, had a pretty good race. He hung around up close. I think I read where his best finish last year was a fourth or a fifth at Bristol. So, um, he was poised to have a, another similar race and they were beating and banging there towards the end and they had a big crash there at the finish and, uh, uh, Jeremy slipped by and finished eighth. Yep. Had a real good run. I think he glad, glad to see a local driver do real good up there. Uh, yeah, he was eighth and it, uh, now it was Noah Cragson and, who was the other driver involved? Chase Briscoe was second, but it wasn't him. It was uh, Henrik. Was it Henrik? I can't remember who the other driver was. Now I'm looking at the finishing lineup, and it doesn't really tell you uh, who the other driver was. But anyway, Cragson won the race, and Jeremy was eighth, and he bolted from uh, like 23rd or second in the point standings all the way up to a tie for 19th. So he's uh, he's creeping up there. He can ensure his place in the playoffs if he'll win one and maybe he will but um he's creeping up there and that's that's what we need to see some improvement every week and he has another chance today because we got a lot of racing today alan you know everything going on today oh we got a little bit over at cherokee speedway i know that (laughs) uh kind of worked kind of hard this week getting our car ready to go back to cherokee speedway we uh Kind of got involved in a little accident over there last Saturday night. I kind of sent you a picture of that car. She was kind of tore up a little bit. Well, you know, I couldn't tell. I'm not knowledgeable enough to... I I couldn't tell if it was just uh, smashed or... Because there was a lot of pieces laying on the floor there. I'm not sure if that's the way you just fell apart when you got it off the trailer or or out of the truck or what. Uh, We had to take it apart, but uh, yeah, she kind of got a little hurt, but uh, no frame damage. That was the biggest thing I was worried about, but uh, most of it was kind of, you know, bottom A frame, top A frame, stuff like that on the right front. Well, now that we're talking about it, just what happened? Ah. well, I was going to save it till later, but you don't got this far, so let's just let's, uh, go with way. it. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah, so, go uh, ahead. Uh, got well, we had was was actually leading the race. Caution come out, so they backed us up a lap, and uh, he just had passed the boy for the lead coming off second turn. Now, what do you mean they backed you up a lap? Well, kind of like NASCAR, they back up to the time segment. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, at Cherokee Speedway, they don't have time segments around racetrack, so they actually back you up a whole lap. Okay. So we took the lead coming off the second turn, and uh, caution come out whenever he was coming off the fourth turn, and whenever they done that, that backed us up a complete lap. So that put us preferred line, kind of like Bristol. The leader got to choose. He chose the inside, put us on the outside. Now, now how many uh, laps was, was the race in total? Uh, we uh, this this race I think was only going to be for like fifteen laps. And what lap did this? take place this uh, tell restart you, tell you truth, i think it was on about lap five or something oh it was early it, yeah it was okay early, but uh he uh they backed us up a lap we started on the outside went off down the first turn the inside man kind of eased us up the racetrack a little bit and uh down the back straight away we was actually running third he got a good run off the fourth turn went down in the first turn and uh 
three wide don't work too good no. sometimes. So uh, not too I, many places you can do that anyway. Don't get me wrong; there was eighteen more cars coming down there in the first turn. Mm -hmm. So we was actually sideways in the racetrack, and it didn't. It just didn't turn out too good. Well, the uh, the main thing is nobody got hurt, right? Nobody got hurt. Okay. Nobody got hurt. Fans got excited. Danny said that's one of the hardest hits he'd had, but. Uh, he, he got out, and he said, I'll be a little sore tomorrow, but uh, unloaded the race car Sunday morning, got taken to the park, got looking at it to see if I was going to have to bring out a backup car. That's one thing I was lucky about. We still got uh, a Princess. Jada names our car, so uh, this was Sunshine, so I still had Princess down at Danny's house. So I was wanting to know if I was going to have to work all week on changing everything over to it. And? No. Okay. We we still gonna be able to bring this car back out tonight. Now, is this a and she was I call it bad fast. Okay, it's a winning car. It's a winning. Is car. this the one you won the big one at the, the yes. end of season last yes, year? It was. All three big races. We had a big race at Travers Rest. We had the big race at Harris. Then we had the big race, the last big race at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, it won all three of them races. So uh, don't get me wrong. You got that favorite car, kind of like uh, kind of like Western Cup boys. You got that favorite car and. You got might have eight or ten cars sitting in the, and driver likes that one car. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, driver likes that one car. You try to take it everywhere you can. Alan, you're a great guy. Saying Winston Cup, uh, <laughs> you just like me. I still, I still have to catch myself so I don't say Bush. Yeah, but what you, what I was, uh, what I was also uh, getting at was, uh, yeah, there's, a, I guess some of the other local tracks are running too tonight. Yes, they are. Oh well, we'll get into all that later. Yeah. But uh, what I was really driving at was, uh, and I'll give the exact times here in a little bit. But we've got the trucks this afternoon. I think they get it started at one o'clock at Atlanta, which should be entertaining. Um, and I hate to say this, and I don't mean to be mean, but the grandstands are going to look about the same as they would for a truck race anyway. Well, if you'd have been at Cherokee Speedway last Saturday night, they had the Ultimate Series over there last night, paid $5,000 for the super late models, and uh, that place was slam-packed. And that was... Uh, that was Cherokee Speedway. Right. The stands was slam-packed. You wanted to race, and I mean, don't get me wrong, people was up cheering, everybody stood, and... Uh, don't get me wrong. The other week when we was over there and there was no fans up there, it just felt felt like you was at an empty practice session. Well, that's what they said about when uh, Logano and uh, Chase Elliott got face-to-face -face there. And even at Darlington, uh, yeah. when Kyle Busch and Chase got face-to-face, -face, you know, normally the fans would be screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs, and just there wasn't any of that. Yeah. But after the trucks run... Uh, at Atlanta, I think that's a one o'clock race. Uh, at four thirty, the Xfinity cars run, and so it's a double header, two for one in Atlanta today. And if you still haven't had enough, and you can't make it to Cherokee or Harris or wherever else they're running, you got the Indy cars. They're going to the debut their new car with the with the halo and the windscreen, and it's never. I read about it. And I've been hearing them talk about it, and it's uh, it's kind of untested. I mean, they're gonna they are gonna practice and qualify today, and they'll do, be doing well over two hundred, you know, two hundred twenty miles an hour, I think, because this thing adds a lot of weight to the center of the car. And maybe we can get Nelson to talk about that a little bit. But uh, the weight's different. They haven't practiced with it that much. Uh, and when they did practice with it, it was at Austin, Texas, which is not a high bank super speedway. 
plus the fact that uh, they haven't done it in a pack. Hardly at all. I mean, maybe one or two, but not 2022. 20, so it's going to be something to see. we got some new teams that are coming out tonight. I think A.J. Foyt's got four cars with Charlie Kimbrell, and Penske's got his usual fleet. There's a, it, It's a brand-new IndyCar season. I'm excited to, uh, to see how that comes out tonight. And um, it'll be with no fans. The uh, announcers are there, but they're separated uh, up in a suite. That's uh, Lee Diffie, uh, Townsend Bell, and Paul Tracy. Um, Kelly Stavest and Marty Snyder will be on pit road, just like normal. So um, it's NBC, and this is on the big network, too. This is Channel 4 around here. And, uh, you know, they're they're not slipping it in NBCSN or anything like that. They're putting it out there for the whole country, and everybody that wants to see it can see it. So... Uh, That'll be, uh, I think the race is at 8, but they're qualifying and everything is on, too. It, the qualifying, I would imagine, is on uh, uh, NBCS. And I got all of that here. We'll go over it later. But the big race tonight at 8 o'clock, Cherokee Speedway running. You'll tell us about the other tracks. And it's, uh, I tell you what, it's not completely back, but it, it, it's getting pretty close. It's getting pretty close. Uh, like I say, they had a big turnout over there. So, uh, big turnouts at the trend. They got to, they got to eventually open this back up. Yeah. Well, it's happening. Yes, it is. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break here and come back with Buzz McKim. Buzz has uh, uh, forgot more about racing than uh, I ever knew, and I thought I knew everything. So we'll come back in just a minute with Buzz McKim. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864 468 1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Now say this out loud as you're driving around in your car. Fox Sports 1400 has Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd back to back. Dan Patrick at 9, Colin Cowherd at noon. You hit the nail on the head. This is Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? 
I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness, and you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hi, it's Colin Coward. Tune in weekdays following the herd for Open Mic, 3 until 6, on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400 and FM 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it's my great pleasure to bring a good friend of mine, a great friend of the show. Um, and just uh, as far as I'm concerned, the auto, not just NASCAR, he's an auto racing historian uh, about every aspect of it. And we're talking about Buzz McKim. Good morning, Buzz. How you doing? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, the pleasure is all mine. How good to hear from you guys. Well, we're uh, we're up here. In Spartanburg, and it's a beautiful sunny day, and i uh, got Alan Hill here with me, and he's telling me that Cherokee Speedway is wide open for their fan appreciation tonight, so uh, we're getting oh, back to normal good. pretty quickly around here, locally anyway. That is good to know. Yeah, little by little, things are kind of opening up, and I'm so glad to see that the local tracks are beginning to, to come back around, and I think that's just a wonderful thing, you know? Well, you know, I think they were the first ones that did it. I mean, they... Uh, Everybody else, you know, and, and not uh, obviously Texas and Darlington and Charlotte and all these places uh, that we haven't raced at and we're getting ready to race at, you know, aren't completely open yet. But these local tracks said, okay, that's enough. We're uh, we're going to race. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you got to pay the bills. Got to put the beans on the table, you know. Well, Buzz, one of the things I was wondering is, is really the pop, first thing that popped in my mind when um, Greg and I decided to, to, uh, let's get Buzz on here and get his uh, reaction to everything that's going on. You do a live um, radio show, television show every week from a restaurant, do you not? 
Yeah, yeah. It's a North Turn restaurant in Ponsonlet, Florida, and it's located at the actual North Turn of the old beach course. Right. And if you look at aerial shots of the old course, you'll see that building sitting there. And the drivers used to get paid off there back in the day. And uh, it's been a little bit of everything over the years, but Walt and Rhonda... Uh, Glasnick, they got a hold of the place about 20 years ago and decided to make it into a kind of a combination racing museum restaurant. And man, they have done great guns. Nobody could make it work until they came in there. And, and they made it what it should have been, which was a, a, a landmark. It and is. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. It really is, and uh, and the food's great. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. The, the last time I was in there, uh, which I'm ashamed to say is probably uh, early 90s, um, the uh, you know it, it was a great restaurant and the f- food was fantastic. I, I'm not sure it had evolved into that much of a of a museum. Of course, there were pictures everywhere hanging oh, yeah. on the wall and everything. But I guess what I was thinking about was um, now uh, is the restaurant open or have you been doing your live television show uh, in front of an empty audience? Yeah, for a while there, we were doing it over the phone, and yeah, you know, we would have phone guests and that sort of thing. And and uh, I kind of quarantined myself for. A couple of weeks there, just uh, to make sure everything was going to be all right. And then uh, about three or four weeks ago, they they went ahead and opened up at twenty five percent, and so we went ahead and started doing it live again up on the stage. And it's a it's a podcast that goes all around the in the entire globe. And tell it's us how, tell us how to get that podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, you go to Facebook and you go to Legends of Racing Radio Show, and all our old shows are on there. And, in fact, one of my big thrills here about three weeks ago, we had a Janet Guthrie on the show. Oh, wow. And boy, was she a neat, neat lady. And I know. Uh, we've had some great people there. And, and we're starting to get live guests now. A lot of folks are still apprehensive about coming out. But we have had a couple of live guests over the last few weeks. And, uh, like yesterday, we did B.J. McLeod. And, uh, boy, there's a lot more to that kid than I even imagined. I remember when he was just oh, snot nose running around new smyrna speedway but he's really come a long way and there's a lot to him but we had him on for nearly the entire hour but it was on it was on the phone and you know when you're looking at something it, you don't want to see my big ugly mug sitting there you want to see somebody interesting that that can you know that can make it fun but uh, we're, we're getting by the best we can and it's getting better every week well that sounds great buzz and europe mug's not all that ugly <laughs> i'm the one that deserves to be on radio but uh but uh Okay, well, there's been so much going on, and you know, who would have dreamed when we had the Daytona 500 back in February, and President Trump came jetting in there, and 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 you know, and all the pomp and circumstance and everything around that visit, and then the big crash at the end with uh, Ryan Newman, that we were also concerned about him, that 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 was getting ready to be overshadowed by by this. COVID-19 pandemic and it's just uh, it's just taken over the world and and our sport and and I mean who could have known in February when we thought we had some storylines that this was just just over the horizon for us oh man it's like a bad science fiction movie isn't it it, it is it's horrible but you know we're, we're getting through it and uh, I, I really got to give a lot of credit to NASCAR they're the one that kind of kicked the door open for for spectator sports. They did. And they went ahead and they put it on, and I don't know why the other sports can't do it. I know the baseball guys are complaining about having to take a cut and pay, but they forget about the you know, the, the 40 million people that are unemployed. Yeah. So our guys, they're, they're out there, they're ready to do it, and, uh, and keep the sport alive. 
And I haven't heard anything negative from anybody. I mean, everybody's thrilled that, that they're on TV and they're they're making their best effort. So I have to give them a lot of credit. You know, and I, it's... NASCAR did it right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to criticize some of the things that NASCAR does, but they they gave it a lot of thought. They they had a plan. They went in and executed it. And I know we had uh, Scott Cooper on the uh, from Charlotte the week after Darlington. He said, "Man, that just that went so well. We're uh, we've got a great template to go by here, and it's uh, you know we're set. This is going to be no sweat." Oh yeah, and then they have a double header today in Atlanta. Yes, and I believe IndyCar is going to run Texas today. Is that IndyCar right? is tonight at eight o'clock? They're going to qualify. Okay. They're going to qualify, which is on um, now. In, they're they're debuting their IndyCars at eight o'clock on NBC, so they're they're throwing it on the big network for the whole world. Hot dog! And well, that's terrific. Yes, it is terrific, and uh, they're qualifying. I would imagine. I mean, it is earlier in the day, and they're practicing as well. You know, mm-hmm. they've got these new and I, that uh, it will be on NBCSN, but. You know, they've got these new cars they're debuting that they really haven't had an opportunity to test as well as they wanted to with this with this halo, you know, and a windscreen and a bar running down the middle of it. And it doesn't look exactly like the, the one that Formula One uses. Uh, I don't think Formula One has glass, or for lack of a better term, in theirs, and an IndyCar does. So it's... it's uh, the, the balance of the car is different. They haven't practiced with it in a crowd, and... Uh, it's going to be tonight at eight o'clock. Something to see. Oh well, that's going to draw the crowd. That's for sure. You know, and uh, and the announcers are actually going to be there. They're going to be in, up in suites. And of course, they got people on pit road. But getting back down yeah. to uh, to to NASCAR, um, you know, a lot of things that have taken place here because of this uh, revamped schedule and everything. I think some of the things we've seen are going to stick. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure, like the. The drone and all that, you know, that's just, that would have happened anyway. But yeah. midweek racing and uh, lesson practice. And don't you agree? Don't you think that a lot of things that we had to do to get back on, uh, to get sport rolling again, you know, will stay with us probably? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely behind you on that. I love unconventional. And, you know, things have been conventional for so long. Well, why do they have to stay that way? Well, it's conventional. Well, no, no. <laughs> That's not a good answer. Because so, uh, <laughs> I said so. <laughs> that's right, because I said so. But heck no, man. I think whatever it takes, I think the wilder the better. I'm not going to be totally, com- completely happy until they put a cup race on dirt, but that's another story. Oh, but, uh, I, I I, th- this is the time to do it, Buzz. This is the time yes. to do it. Yeah, what do they have to lose? Well, and, and all I heard was, you know, well, you, they, there's not enough stands for the fans. Well, we don't have any fans, so do it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And, and now would be a good time to bring North Wilkesboro back. What the heck, you know? Well, you know, I, but there's one thing that I'm a, and we're getting way off in left field here, but if they were <laughs> to bring back a dirt track, uh, I don't want to see it at Eldora. You know, I want to see them wind out on some big mile like uh, like oh. a DuCoin or a Springfield, Ooh. Illinois, or, you know, someplace up there. You know, that's fine for the trucks, and, and, it's, and it's been... A step in the right direction, but uh, Eldora is just not the place to put the cup cars out there. Yeah, well, I like your idea about going with a mile. Plus, you're getting into another new audience, you know, right. or a new market. And why not? I mean, heck, uh, they've been running stock cars there for years and years and years at both of those tracks. And uh, I say, go for it. And uh, see, that was the thing with uh, uh, Ed Otto, who was one of the original oh, yeah. vice presidents of NASCAR. He was not afraid to do anything. I mean, he would try. He's a guy who let. 
Kim Flock put Chaco Flocko in the car. <laughs> the guy who brought you, you, uh, sports cars. Uh, you, you're not NASCAR. you're not promoting uh, putting monkeys back in cars, are you? Hey, if it sells tickets, <laughs> or, <laughs> or may, if it gets people excited. <laughs> but you know, I, I used to go up and uh, bless his heart and hang out with uh, with James Hilton a little bit, and he ran ARCA, and, and he'd run those. Uh, those Labor Day races, you know, on the September and uh, late August at DuCoin and Springfield, and he said it was a blast to get out there on the on the dirt. I know Ken Strader oh. did a lot of that too, and, and Tony Stewart did some. Yeah, hey, bring those guys out of retirement too. Stick them in there. What the heck, you know? This is circus. You got to make a circus out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's going to be interesting to see where we are a year from now, or even six months from now. Right. And uh, of course, next year with a new car coming out and everything, and they just announced that they're going to run at Nashville next year. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot going on that is going to keep your attention. And that's the big thing. Keep folks focused. Well, you know, when they revamped that schedule and announced it last year, and we were sitting around here shaking our heads and saying, who <laughs> in the world came up with putting two races at Pocono on on the same weekend? Yeah, and, I uh, thought that was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy until I saw until you see what they're doing now, which is just off the chart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's just really neat. You know, every week is an adventure. It gives you something to look forward to. There's no status quo anymore. So uh, I say go for it and see how, you know, throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks, right? Well, what's the possibility of getting a beach road course going again? I mean, you got to... Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> nice? You know, somebody... See, the beach actually is controlled by the county. And they darn near, you know, the we darn near lost our beach parade this year because some dingbat over in the county, uh, in the higher-ups, decided it wasn't good for the turtles, you know. Well... It's not the turtle season when they run the beach parade. What's Herman and, uh, Bean got to do with it? <laughs> Bravo. A little touch of NASCAR history. Well, somebody had, uh, uh, probably 20 years ago, somebody had come up with an idea to run the measured mile down there in Daytona Beach Shores. And it was shot down pretty quick because you have, uh, you know, so much uh, built up down there. I mean, it's just wall-to-wall condos all the way down there. But still. You know, if you have good crowd control, you should be able to do it. But then the environmentalists came in, and oh, my gosh, this is a big mess. But but they had actually thought about bringing cars back on the beach. Now that was down in Ormond Beach, wasn't it? That was a little further from the from where the 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 oval was. No, this is down in in Ponce Inlet, and uh, you know, down there uh, as far as bringing the um, uh, you know the measure mile. But yes, up there in Ormond, they had a recreation of the first. A uh, century of speed that yeah, started that, in 1903. Right, that's what I was talking about. What back in the, right. the Bluebird and all that stuff. I thought it ran on Orban, and they had the famous garage there that burned down. Oh yes, yeah, they sure did. Yeah, and they uh, they had uh, the, the older cars run there for four or five years, and then uh, there's an environmental thing where the beach turns red and it's very soft, and they couldn't run the the races anymore. They had planned on going all the way up through I think uh, 2010 which would be the end of that era, you know, the 100-year anniversary when Barney Oldfield came down and set a record on the beach. But uh, uh, environmentally, they couldn't do it because of the beach conditions. But, boy, I'll tell you what, the first couple of years, it was a major, major event. Buzz, uh, you know, I, I look at old races all the time, and um, I watched the beach race. I think it was the, uh, I think it was the one Paul Goldsmith, the last one. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and some of the ones before that, but I mean, mm-hmm. how in the world, and I hate to, 
uh, well, we're not going to end on this note, but how in the world did they, did, did they not get five or ten people killed every race? And I'm not talking about the drivers. I'm talking about the fans standing on both sides of the, of the blacktop. I mean, they were oh, yeah. they could reach out and touch the cars go by, which yeah, were going by two abreast on a two-lane road at 130 right. miles an hour. Oh, yeah, and I know some of the old-timers here in town that did try to reach out and touch the cars, and they got blowed back into the Palmettos. But uh, they, they did kill two drivers. But no spectators that I know of. Now, the motorcycles, on the other hand, killed several spectators and some of the riders, too. So the motorcycles were a lot more dangerous than the cars were. But, yeah, no crowd control whatsoever. Uh, except for the rattlesnake signs. Did you paint oh, some yeah, of those? Yeah, Did right. you paint them? those or your father or somebody? No, no. I, I, that was a little before my time. Oh, okay. I, I would have gladly donated my time for those signs. <laughs> that was their crowd control to keep people back. They put signs... Uh, Bill France would say in uh, danger rattlesnakes, and I guess it worked <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> oh, yeah. You keep the people from crawling in through the palmettos and get in for nothing. He didn't like that at all. Yeah, well, they, like you said, no no crowd control. Buzz, no. I tell you what, uh, it's great having you on. We could talk to you all morning, and uh, uh, I know that you are dedicated, like I try to be, uh, to um, preserving oh, the history and talking about it every week and having Janet Guthrie on, I think, is just fantastic. We do the best we can here in Spartanburg and have a uh -huh. few listeners, listeners around uh, around the country and the world. My, my son's in the Marine Corps and he picks us up, oh, he picks us up in the uh, Persian Gulf. So, uh, it's, oh my uh, gosh. Well, I, I middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. It's like a nine-hour well, difference. When we had the, um, the the function at Spartanburg a number of years ago, we yes. had a granddaughter with us, right? And she just thought your son was the the cutest thing she had ever seen. So we ought to send that out to him. She she still talks about how good looking he was. Well, so thank you. About that. He takes uh, he after takes his after mother. His daddy. No, no, I oh, think his it, mother. It must have been oh, his mother, I but. I was going to give you props on that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I'd have a TV show if I was that, as good looking as Jake. But he's, uh, yeah, he's with the 8th Marines in the Persian Gulf, and hopefully we'll get him back in July. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, because he can only uh, text when he's got Wi-Fi, which isn't very often, but he is able to uh, email, which isn't as quick and or as often. But, uh, you know, I just want to tell him, Jake, you know, can't wait to have you back, but it is a mess in, in the rest of the oh. world. Oh, buddy. You don't know, because he's been gone since December. Has he? Yeah. yeah. It's a seven-month deployment, so uh, yeah. it's uh, it's been something. But, Buzz, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to let you go, and I already got Nelson Crozier on hold. So uh, Hey, Nelson, please give him my best. He will. Hey, I think you just did. He's listening up in uh, North Carolina. But it's great. <laughs> it's great having you on the show. You're one of my favorite guests and people in general. And uh, just thank you for everything you do and for coming on uh, Start Your Engines with us. Well, Perry and Alan, it's been fantastic, and please... Give me a call anytime. I'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat for you, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk right. to you later. Okay, take care. All right. And that's uh, Nelson. Uh, that's not Nelson. Nelson's on hold. That's Buzz McKim. And uh, look up his Wikipedia. I mean, you wouldn't believe all the things that, that, that he uh, he's done uh, racing himself, even as a little, little shaver, four years old, up in uh, quarter midgets up in Pennsylvania. And... Oh, he designed uh, the paint job on Pearson's uh, Wood Brothers car that was so famous. The candy apple red and white. Gold, yep, the yep. Pure Later car. So anyway, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk to Nelson Crozier. 
You're listening to Start Your Engine on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Part 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Part 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. As Part 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and you'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. 
And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Good morning, Nelson. Nelson? Okay, what am I doing wrong here? It's probably me. Nelson, you there, buddy? Okay. Uh, Nelson? Nelson Crozier. You there, Nelson? Okay. Well, Nelson, if you're listening, call. Is that. Nelson? Okay, well. We've lost Nelson. And that's the first time. <laughs> He's. Uh, <laughs> I've always done this pretty well. I don't. I don't know what I could have done to lose him. Um, here he comes. He's calling back right now. Let's see if we got him here. Nelson, is that you? That's me. Okay, I'm sorry. I I probably pushed something wrong, but anyway, um, glad to have you back. And Buzz McKim says hello. Yeah, I was listening. I heard it. Okay. Well, Nelson, we had some more good racing last week. We got a whole bunch today. I hope it'll be good, but. Uh, if we can keep the rain from being a factor. Uh, and congratulations on your win with Keslowski. Right. Um, you know who the qualifying record here at Atlanta? Uh, I don't know if he was qualifying, but I was thinking Jeff Bodine had the, quali- the fastest speed. Is that correct? That's true. Um, that was qualifying. That was in 1997. 197.478. Yeah, I remember that. And that was, uh, um, uh, was he driving for Junior then? Yeah, Jim Brewer's Yeah. Yeah, that was hauling around hauling, uh, around that track. And that was right after they had reconfigured it, of course, and paved it. And you know what? I, I got to throw this in right now. I listened. I hadn't done it in a while, but I was... I, yesterday, I, I pulled up on the MRN archives and listened to one of their old races. And I listened to the Atlanta race from 1990 when um, Earnhardt led almost every lap down to the end and barely barely beat Morgan Shepard uh, in Bud Moore's car. And that was uh, it was just great to hear the the announcers and Mike Joy in the turn. And, and uh, um, I think Alan Bestwick was in the other turn and uh, Dick Brooks was in the pits. Uh, Eli Gold and Barney Hall calling the race. That was brought back a lot of memories. So I had to go out in the golf cart out in turn two uh, to fix the turn announcer's equipment there. Uh, during the race, with those cars going by, you know, 180, 190 mile an hour, that was pretty scary. Yeah, and that was the old configuration, too, uh, which I, I love. Right. I've never seen a race at the new Atlanta. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I've been there. But, man, I went to a lot of them at the old one, and I love those long sweeping turns and short straightaways. And it's like Bud Moore said um, during that broadcast, you know, you could stand in the pits and, and see everything, see every inch of the track. Oh, no question. That was probably the best track, uh, you know, at that time. You could see everything. And very successful like that. Yeah. Well, Nelson, we had some good racing, I thought, last weekend. And uh, Bristol uh, came really, really close to living up to its old billing uh, like it used to be. Um, of course, uh, I didn't see anything. It's like Alan and I were discussing earlier. I, I didn't see anything that Chase Elliott did that uh, had anything to do with Logano being there. It was just he was just who was outside of him because... He put it into the turn and it didn't stick. What did you see? No, that was pretty much it. It was hard racing. And, um, of course, uh, Keselowski benefited from that. And then the Xfinity race the next night had a, a similar finish. 
no, it was definitely good racing, and I think everybody was happy. And somebody said, if you're not excited about that race, you're not a race fan. Well, I understand now. I read, uh, just glanced at the morning newspaper here in Spartanburg, and I guess um, I know it was a wire report from uh, from whoever. But, you know, they're talking about uh, the fans are really getting antsy. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to storm the gates and sit down whether NASCAR wants them to or not. But uh, I, it, it made it sound like we were really close to getting fans back in the, in the grandstands in, in some capacity. I don't know, every fourth seat or what, but... Uh, uh, it looks like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Right. Well, up here in North Carolina, East Speedway, they were open for two weeks, uh, and the, uh, the sheriff said he wasn't going to enforce it. The governor kind of came down on him and said, you will do your job. So we'll have to see what happens there when uh, bands show up, and whether they get turned away by the sheriff or what happens. Well, I know it was on uh, uh, the news breaks uh, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, on Fox, on the on the radio, Fox, that uh, that Indianapolis has got the big Fourth uh, of July uh, series of races, and then they're not going to have fans there. No, that, they hope in August that they will. Okay, well, and that would be for the 500, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably what Roger Penske's aiming for. Let's get our picks in before it gets too late here. Uh, Ronnie has already called in, and he wants uh, Alex Bowman. And uh, go go ahead. <laughs> Alan got up. He usually writes them down for me, but his daughter's at the door, so he's got to go let her in. Um, uh, go ahead, uh, Nelson. You're, uh, you uh, and uh, and uh, Alan and I are locked in a furious uh, three-way tie for the lead here, so you go ahead. I'll chase the four car, all right. Okay, he's going to take Kevin Harvick. Well, I'm going to take Keslowski. And um, what you think there, Alan? I'll take the. I'm going to take 48. Jim you, know, you know, he's he he might just win one. He's he's getting close. I've uh, been saying that for a while. And um, we'll give Greg uh, ben, D. Benedetto 21 because he always likes the Wood Brothers, and I think they've had some success in Atlanta back in the '60s when it was a different shape. So, is that everybody? What'd you say for Ronnie? Ronnie uh, Bowman, okay. 88. That'll be it. Alan, we got another big race tonight that I'm very interested in seeing how it works out, and that's the IndyCar race at Texas. Um, got a few minutes left here. Pretty much an untested car. I mean, they have tested it, but at uh, from what I understand, they tested it at Austin, Texas, and not on a super speedway, and it's it's just a different animal than they've had before. A race driver, a true race driver, can drive whatever you put on the Well, that's very true. But, you know, this thing uh, has got this, uh, I, I don't know what they're calling it. It's the redesigned cockpit. It's right. Well, uh, well, let's have uh, enough practice this afternoon. The uh, uh, I think it actually has a windscreen in it, does it not? Uh, like as I know, I it's, not, it's not glass, I'm but it's something. Sure you're correct, right? Lexan. Yeah, but the Indi but the uh, Formula One cars do not, or they did not last year. I don't think did they? No, I don't think so. Right. And uh, just uh, I mentioned, most uh, talks about the new car for NASCAR next year. That has been put back to 2022. You know, I didn't want to, uh, when Buzz said that, I thought that's what I had read with everything else going on. They had backed it up, and uh, but I didn't want to interrupt him like I'm bad about doing people. But he uh, 
he did say that, and I know that uh, I had read that they'd backed it up another year. So they got plenty. Uh, they got plenty of time, I guess, to to get it in order. Do you um, now? They NASCAR has added some more races to their schedule, and as far as I know, as we were talking, it's still going to be with no fans. But they've uh, what they've got the schedule fixed now through. Uh, through the end of August, and I guess right up until they get ready for the chase. Uh, pretty close to it, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the All-Star race will be at Charlotte, I believe, on July 15th. Okay, and that's just, that's the cup race, right? And uh, they just sort of added in there. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. That's a non-points race. Well, uh, a non- oh, a non-points race. Right, the All-Star race. Yeah, what was the Okay, oh, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I, I did see that. It's, uh, okay. Oh. So, uh, and uh, one other mention, you were talking about, you know, going back to dirt. Well, guess who won uh, last night? I don't know. Ted Schrader. Well, I mentioned him just now. Now, where did they race? Uh, somewhere out in Missouri, I believe. Uh, I don't have it handy. What was that now? But the, 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 what sanctioning body was that? Um, it, it was sprint uh, car type. Oh, okay, you okay. Know, wing on. Yeah. Well, you know he's he's famous for racing every night if he could, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I believe he just had his sixtieth birthday. Well, he's uh, you know. I know James Hilton would still be out there too, and we mentioned him earlier. Well, Nelson, any um, any closing uh, gems you can pass along to us before we let you go? No, I think we've uh, covered the high points. I think we'll, you know, next week we'll have the you know, of course, the results from Atlanta and the results from Martinsville. And Martinsville, we do have a race on Wednesday, and so you've got your. Uh, with these picks for two weeks or for two races, so uh, yeah, that'll be a great break in the middle of the week having uh, having Martinsville on Wednesday night. I didn't even realize they had lights there, but obviously they do. Well, they put them in about a year ago, and they've had a late model race having the lights, but that's about it. Okay, well, Nelson, you sound great. It's good to have you on the show, and um, appreciate you saving me the trouble of calling you. That's a you don't know what a. You don't know how much that helps me out here when I'm trying to get this, keep this, uh, all these buttons pushed correctly. And uh, appreciate it. And, uh, watch the races, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Have a good weekend. You too, Nelson. And that's Nelson Crozier. Uh, what's the deal with Nelson? He's the smartest man I know. He's the smartest man I know, too. We got about two minutes here, and and somebody just sat down here that I haven't seen without a hat on. I know. <laughs> well, and my hair color's, you know, a little little different these days. Good morning, Jada. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. You look you like are. you've had some sun. Did a little yard work yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not Lake Greenwood? No, right. no. Anytime at Lake Greenwood is now work, but that's a good thing. Well, it's great to have you here. Thank you. We uh, understand you've got a guest for us coming up yes. about a little bit. Who you got? We yes. got two minutes. Tell us about it. We've got Colt Gilliam uh, up from North Carolina. He is, as Dad said earlier, on a hot streak right now. He uh, won Super Sportsman last week at Cherokee Speedway and actually won two divisions last night at Carolina Speedway. Uh, Super uh, Sportsman and Open Wheel Modified. And... Um, I think I called and woke him up this morning. Um, I'm sure he had a late <laughs> night. 
So I certainly appreciate Colt coming on, um, but he he's one of the top contenders to beat right now in Super Sportsman, and um, as well as other divisions. So excited to talk to him. That sounds great, and uh, you know you're always welcome to come on here, and I'll uh, I'll renew my uh, invitation for you to have a, a monthly spot if you want one. Oh, and well, come I in here and it. Give us your. Um, I hate to keep using the word take, but you're. Uh, you're, you're, That's kind of what it is. Yeah, but take I mean, opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I don't like buzzwords, so I, I just say you're uh, right. your view of things. Okay, and uh, and you're welcome anytime to come on here, and we look forward to your interview and who you uh, um, you have today and who you'll have in the future. And Absolutely. Good luck tonight. I understand you call the shots. You say we go to Gastonia. We go to Gastonia. Well, now, listen. Dad had a couple things wrong earlier. It was lap three, not lap five. And um, from the race of last week. And so I'm on a need-to-know basis as far as whether the car is fixable or not fixable. So, uh, But we were happy Sunshine uh, can make her debut again and, and hopefully shine it to victory lane. But, um, but yeah, wanted to run Carolina last night, but unfortunately just didn't have enough time. But uh, look forward to tonight. Okay, well, that sounds great. Let's go to the top of the hour. You're listening to Fox. Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by GEICO. GEICO has introduced the GEICO Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. On Friday night, Drew Brees posted an Instagram message to President Donald Trump reading in part, quote, we must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systemic racial injustice, unquote. Today in the Bundesliga, Germany's Professional Soccer League, first place Bayern Munich leading Bayer Leverkusen 4-1 to of the second half. Bayern Munich wearing Black Lives Matter armbands today. Their club president saying, quote, the death of George Floyd and the images from the USA have shocked us all. We stand for togetherness that goes far beyond sports, unquote. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com.
Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. No Greg, no Ronnie, but we've got Jada Tesner in here sitting in and doing a going to do a fine job for us in just a little bit. But first, I want to play something uh, that I, I play every year. This is uh, an interview from about 2012 done in Bud Moore's kitchen. Greg was sitting over there on, a, on the couch. And uh, this is when we wrote the book um, together on Bud Moore's life. And uh, it's just his exploits, uh, his, his uh, tales of landing at Normandy 76 years ago this morning on D-Day, which uh, is one of the great uh, moments in American history, period, let alone military history and world history. So let's uh, get right to it without further ado. And this is uh, Bud Moore from 2012. Uh, this is whenever they're talking about we was going to make a dry run on the, on the beach in England and all this kind of stuff. So they had the guys waterproof all the jeeps and the trucks and do all this stuff, you know. And then they loaded us up and took us back down to Liverpool. And they put us all on, put put our whole platoon on this LCI 149. I know we'll forget the number. So and how many people was on that? Well, I don't know exactly, but I know our whole platoon was, first platoon was. So it hold a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Anyway, 
we uh, we sat there the rest of the day, and then it moved the next morning. It moved away from the dock and just moved out a little bit. And uh, this was about June the first, I think it was, maybe June the second when they loaded us. So that that morning, of June the second, I think it was. No, June. Let me get my day straight here. We got on that ship on June, June the third. That's when it was. And we sat there the rest of that night. And so the next morning we moved out into the English Channel, and they kept pulled us out there and got out there. You know, and they, we went out there so far, and we got out there, and it, when they was moving, walked out there, and all you see was ships. They were thousands of them. I said, boys, y'all need to come up here and look. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, this ain't no damn dry run, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Something else is going on here. <laughs> so the evening of June the 4th, about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock that afternoon, the PT boat pulled up beside our ship. And they, two, three officers got off to come aboard. And they had this map. And they put, hooked this map up and pulled it down. Started talking to us about it. They said, now here's where we're going to land. Here's what we're going to do and all this stuff. And I said, boys, this ain't no die run. That's goddamn English coast. I mean, Francis coast. They were showing us exactly where we were going in. Well, we didn't know all this, but what they did, they took our regiment out of the 359th Infantry Regiment and attached us to the 4th Infantry Division to make the salt on Utah Beach. For our regiment and the two regiments out of the 4th Infantry Division made the salt and the other regiment, the 4th was in reserve. So they said this is all going to happen in the morning. So anyway, this was June in June the 4th. So it was called off down to the weather. The weather was bad. It was raining. It was cloudy and all this stuff. So anyway, they called it off. So again on uh, the evening of June the 5th, I guess it was about 7 or 8 o'clock, here comes that PT boat again pulled up side down. And they come on board again and said, boys, Five o'clock in the morning. If you remember seeing maybe the Batman in the movies and all, it, it, it never was noticed that they got the notice to about eight or nine o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, we so we got our notice that eight, it was about I said eight o'clock for I don't know. I don't know for sure. So the next morning. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning and these damn landing craft pulled up. We climbed aboard them. And we went out through the ships and we got out there and we could see the shoreline, the lights and all the shoreline. We were between the battle wagons and the shore. And it was still dark. Still dark. And we, we were just circling out there. And we were probably 30 minutes ahead of landing. We were probably three-quarters of a mile, maybe a mile still at sea. <clears throat> when all hell broke loose, 
That's when all them big battle wagons and all them big 16-inches on them things started firing and lighting up the shoreline, man. They blasted the hell out of the shoreline and all this stuff. And y'all were between it, we between were, the battleships? We were the... between the battleships and them. And uh, so, because they wanted us to see the minute they quit firing, Rusty hit the beach. So anyway, all this was going on. And uh, that we we talked to one another, and uh, I said, "Boys, this is gonna be a piece of cake. There ain't nobody be alive over there." And from what we were seeing, by it being still partially dark, <laughs> and the way all the explosions going on. So anyway, just we just they we they knew that. The, when the, we were to move on in. And after about 15 minutes, I'd say, or 20 minutes of firing, all them guns firing, then we started moving towards the shore. And we see them big shells going right over our heads when we started. And all of a sudden, they stopped, and we were probably, oh, quarter miles so we went in. And what happened when we got there and going in in our landing craft, the landing craft supposed to go in and let the front end down where it wouldn't be in water but about two foot deep. The Germans started shooting artillery into them. They wasn't putting any artillery on the beach. It was all landing out in the ocean to stop the boats from coming in. There's hitting sometimes. There's, the, there's some boats that got hit the whole load to get, to get a whole boat up. Anyway, when that boy landed ours, we went down, and we went off, and we was in water up over the shoulder. And then, I'm going to tell you, ain't no telling, they said there was quite a few. They said, I heard after the war and everything else, that we lost probably 30 or 40 got drowned. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but anyway, I got off and stepped in the shell hole. That tripod on my shoulder, my backpack and all. And I had a hard time getting out of that shell hole and water over my head. I was taking in water and doing all this. And finally, I got out of it. And I just kept going straight as I could go. Get to the beach and I was spitting up water and doing this, you know. You still had your tripod? Oh, yeah, I still had it. I didn't let it go. I kept it. Anyway, I got over on, finally got across the beach, sat down behind the sand dune. And finally... Coughed up enough water and got to where I started breathing a little bit. <clears throat> and about this time, I heard someone say, Oh, let's go. Let's get going here. I said, God damn, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> but what got me, you know, is all the stuff that's going on and guys getting hurt and all this stuff, you know, and here I am. I just, you know, just turned 19 years old and uh, born raised. And I, I was brought up a little bit different to you and start killing one another and all this stuff. And guys getting shot and hurt and blowed up and everything else. I said, this ain't no place for me. I shouldn't be in here. But then you had to realize it was war. So we got in. We fought on in the rest of the day. So while y'all were coming across the beach, there, there was, I mean, the, the bombs were blowing up. And I mean, they were, they, they were, they they were they, they, uh, fighting back pretty hard. Uh, we didn't have much small arms fire. No. Okay. 
they was there was mostly artillery coming in. Okay. And it was landing out in the water. Okay. There wasn't anything landing on the beach. All right. And it, no, none of the you see the pillboxes and things. No, I didn't have. We didn't okay. have pill. Okay. I went in on Utah Beach. Right. We didn't have pillbox. Omaha's one had pillbox. Okay. And that's what was wrong to start with. Whoever planned that thing didn't have no business doing what they did. You see, here's Omaha. Here's Utah. We were probably two miles a bit above them. Mm-hmm. They all they do is move us up and we never went in there. Mm-hmm. They went in the hardest place. The 29th Infantry Division went in on Omaha, and they say that uh, they wasn't over 40, 50 walked away. Mm. They wiped the whole thing. Mm. But anyway, they uh, we went on the rest of the day, and uh, we got in. I'm going to say we got in that night probably a quarter mile, maybe half a mile. I don't know. But you had some cover, right? I mean, there was like trees and things. Oh, yeah, we had trees and all this stuff going in, and and, uh, we got into the hedgerows. You know what the hedgerows were? Yes, sir, I do. But anyway, we got in that night. You know, it didn't get dark over at 11 o'clock. And it's just getting dust dark, and we had dug in our foxhole and dug in, you know, for the night in in a defensive position. Had the machine gun set up and everything in the foxhole, and me and second gunner was in this foxhole. Anyway, we heard the dead blackest rumbling you ever heard. Hick, we heard all these airplanes coming. I said, boys, we in deep trouble now. Them Germans gonna blow our butt, slam off this damn beat. So, we were just scared to death, I'll be frank with you. And about that time, we'd seen the moon was shining. We could see a little bit. Here they come over, and it was airplanes coming. That's when they dropped the 82nd and the 101st Airborne right in front of us. We seen them coming down. They were probably three or four miles ahead of us. So they were coming in from the ocean? They were coming from in from the ocean. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they dropped the paratroopers in front of us. And all these guns firing up and all these uh, flares and everything just going on, you know, and ain't, ain't no telling how many of them paratroopers were dead before they ever got to the ground. But anyway, so that made us feel a little better. But so the next day, we had very little resistance the next day. And we drove in to where the paratroopers were. We run in at the paratroopers. And, uh, which uh, the Germans couldn't stand the paratroopers being in, behind them and us pushing them in front. Mm-hmm. So they went this way. So what really had us worried and all this stuff, you know, Omaha was still blocked. And finally they, they said something about it. says, well, they don't know yet. Eisenhower may call us back. Because Omaha wasn't going in, so we didn't know what was happening there. But finally, they did get something of the broke loose over on Omaha, and they got off the beach and got going on that side. We got things going. So anyway, now let me ask you a question right here, and I don't want to ruin your train of thought, but I just, <coughs> if I don't say these things, I'll forget them. Oh, no. uh, all the way through your training, like from Mississippi to to New Jersey to, to work to the beach, was there... Were you with the same bunch of guys? I mean, did you have friends? 
that, that you know, like, uh, did you have like a best friend or, or, yeah, or we people had, that, that we you had were, our, we had our, y'all been together a long time now. Well, see, we'd, we'd been saved from the time we hit New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we joined the 9th Infantry Division, joined the 1st Platoon out of 359th Infantry Regiment. Mm-hmm. We were we were all friends then. Right. Because, see, we took training and all together right. and all this stuff. So we're the, all the ones still hit the beach together. Right. And we all, you know, uh, all our gunners and first gunners, second gunners, and second platoon, first platoon, and all this kind of stuff. See, we're all with, with one unit. Right. See what happened on our deal. See, the first platoon, if A company or B, whichever one, the rifle, you had A, B, and C company. That's mm-hmm. three rifle companies in a battalion. Well, if these two companies are on the front line, then first platoon would be with this one and second platoon would be with this one. Mm-hmm. With water. So we joined them on the front line. Because, mm-hmm. see, we had water cool machine guns. Right. Then our 81 millimeter mortar, they sit back here behind us, and they they help uh, uh, mortar fire and all whatever needed mm-hmm. back here to, for these two companies, whichever they were. And see, our third platoon had observers and all mortar. The guys were observing up there when they needed mortar fire, and then they called back and he directed. Okay, but I mean, but you had like pals. You had you had friends. Oh yeah, okay. we had friends and all okay. this. That, that, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, it wasn't like you were with a bunch of strangers. No, these, these no, were like we your were, brothers. No, no, we were we were all we were all been together from the time we got to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay. That no, was my question. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So go ahead. I didn't mean. And we're going to stop it right there. I tell you, that's uh, that's just an incredible, it's an incredible story to uh, to hear him tell what he went through. Uh, on D-Day, which was 76 years ago today, and we'll always play that. I will anyway, as long as I'm doing this show. And we got another one that we play on Veterans Day, Bud talking about capturing the German headquarters, which is a, I mean, it's it's incredible that he did the things that he did. Five Purple Hearts, and thank you so much, Bud, and we miss you, and thank you for uh, all the veterans that um, not just were at D-Day, but fought for us, and but it's December, it's December 6th. It's June 6th, and we'll always try to remember D-Day. We're going to take a break right now and come back, and we're going to talk to Colt Gilliam. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits, Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Windows down or AC on. Either way, there's no better way to beat the heat than with ice-cold favorites from McDonald's. Now get a large Minute Maid slushie for $2 in sweet flavors fruit punch, blue raspberry, or new pink lemonade. Or get a refreshingly bold McFA iced coffee, any size for $1.69. To beat the heat, there's nothing sweeter than an icy treat. It's not just a drink, it's a McDonald's drink. 
Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm a gravel truck. I'm busy laying the foundation for your city's newest suburb. You're stuck behind me, and I'm about to make it rain. <laughs> Rocks. Now you're swerving, but there's no avoiding this downpour. Better watch out for that guardrail. So get Allstate, where agents help protect you from mayhem, like me. You're in good hands with Allstate agent Jack Mabry in Boiling Springs. Give him a call today, 253 253- Nine one five five. Open Mike Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, there. How do we explain our longevity? Clean living for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at three on Fox Sports fourteen hundred and ninety eight three FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. My pleasure to welcome. Our next guest, Colt Gilliam, and uh, is it Gilliam or Gillum? Well, let's ask him. (laughs) No, I I am asking him. (laughs) Colt, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Okay, Uh, did I am I pronouncing your name right? Because when I talked to you just now, it sounded like you said Gillum, so I want to get it right. Yes, sir, it's Gillum. It's like William with a G. All right, okay. Well, how about I just call you Colt? That's that's fine with me. Okay, Colt. Here's Jada. She's gonna grill you over to. Grill, good. Going to grill you over your uh, exploits on the track. <laughs> well, you said he was red hot. He is hot right now. Um, Colt, good morning. I'm. I did not mean to wake you this morning. I'm sure you had a late <laughs> night last night at Carolina. Um, tell us how last night went for you. Oh goodness, last night was a little hectic. Um, me and my dad take care of the operation on the Super Sportsman. Uh, car and then we uh have the austins and uh trey hovis actually take care of everything on the modified and uh we were getting everything ready for the track and uh actually the guy that owns it uh jordan he was at the beach for his birthday and we're like we're on the way to track are y'all on the way they said we have a broken water main out here at the shop and it was flooded so they were having to wade through water to get the modified loaded up so uh to get to the track i see the lineup and it goes modifies then super sportsman and i'm like how am i going to jump from one car to the next and, and be ready to, to race so it was a little hectic in that aspect but somehow it all worked out absolutely well it certainly worked out in your favor tell all of our listeners uh your weekly division of what you drive and uh where you're from and just give us a little background info and so i'm from uh, rock Hill, south carolina uh, usually run Super Sports Film. We've got the uh, opportunity to run a 602 Mod this year. 
uh, with the Austin family, which is a great opportunity. Um, been racing since I was five years old. It's just uh, something that, that I love to do and something my dad and my mom and just my whole family's been involved in uh, since I was a kid. So that's, it kept me out of trouble. That's definitely definitely a good thing. Absolutely. And um, as you said, I, I always view you and your dad together at, at the race. So it it certainly seems like it's a family operation for you guys. Yes, ma'am. It sure is. I mean, he pours his heart and soul in it. He used to help Alan Wright uh, and Chris Wright back when Chris was running TNA, and I was a little kid in the shop going down there, and finally got an opportunity to race go-karts when I was small, and it just kind of took off from there. He's told me numerous times uh, when I was younger, hey, if we sell this race car, we'll go buy you a nice car to drive around <laughs> if you want to, but uh, I never could give up the racing. Absolutely. Well, once it gets in your blood, it kind of stays there. You can't get out of it. Um, yes, ma'am. So you said you were racing. You were already washing the race car this morning. Are you going to be at Cherokee Speedway this evening? No, ma'am. I'm not. I'm taking a break. I've been uh, working uh, six days a week, seventy five hours a week, and Saturdays were my only day off, and that's the only reason we were running at uh, Gaffney. Well, we finally got off of that work schedule, so I was able to go to Carolina last night. And- I'm telling you, one night a week is good for me because I'm the only one washing it right now. Usually, <laughs> Dad comes and helps me wash it, but I figured I'd give him a break today. Oh. So. Well, um, I noticed that on the back of your cars, um, there's specific one-word names. Um, and I understand this year it is uh, Big Sheila. Is that Thank correct? You. That's correct. Okay, and last year it was Tallulah? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. All right, so tell me how you come up with your names because, you know, I name all of Danny's cars. <laughs> and so it's it's special for me to name race cars. So I'm just curious how you come up to name yours. Well, uh, it's... Uh... It's funny. I tell them it's like part of the family. If you don't name your race car and you don't treat it like a family member, it's not going to treat you right. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> was my baby, so uh, it was funny because uh, when we were winning some races in it, it was yellow and black. And uh, if you ever watch Cool Runs, with, which is the Jamaican bobsled team, they, they get this uh, rickety old sled, and they said, uh, what are we going to name this, uh, this lucky sled? And they said, uh, he said, Tallulah. They said, what kind of name is that? He said, that's my mother's name. <laughs> so for some reason, we said, we're going to name this car Tallulah because it was yellow and black. It, you know, it was an old dust and sweat car. It, it was almost like uh, put together like a Frankenstein car, but uh, <laughs> she was fast. She was fast. And then uh, Big Sheila, um, my grandfather passed away uh, a couple years ago, and uh, Sheila was the woman that always uh, – took care of him and watched over him and stuff like that whenever he needed something and uh came to the house and i said you know what what better uh way to you know thank somebody and, and to name a, a little car after i said so big sheila gets down and, and sheila was a great woman man she was a little bit bigger so we called it big sheila <laughs> <laughs> well big sheila sure is getting it done right now um in the super sportsman division i, I know that's for sure um uh, yes Tell us a little bit. I know, was it last year you you were actually able to run a truck race at Eldora? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about your experience, and uh, I'm sure it was once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, it, it, was, it was awesome experience to have out there. I mean, uh, we go there, we get fitted up for the truck, we, we go to the track. 
I feel like everything is going all right. Go through NASCAR Tech. Well, we were come up a little bit light on the scale, so we were having to throw lead in there. And they went for your best uh, practice times, your first practice, second practice. Well, we're trying to get all hurried up. We go out for the first practice. We're 20 minutes late, and you know how it is on dirt. If you can get the best surface you can, you're going to put down a good lap. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't really get a great lap in on the first practice just because we were just getting a feel out for the truck, first time sitting in it. I was a little frustrated, but we came in, we made some adjustments, went out for the second practice, running good. I had 60 lap old tires. We were about to come in and change them, and then I ran over a piece of tungsten. Um, it ended up getting the, the headers. It got the uh, center brace up under the motor. It got the oil pan. And so we were playing catch up the whole time. Now, from watching so the from watching the six hundred a couple of weeks ago, that's what fell out of uh, Hamlin's car was tungsten. Was that the the ballast? Was that the weight off of another car that you ran over? Tungsten? Yes, sir. yes, sir. It sure was. And I mean, when it came, it came through like a thud, and uh, it, it was crazy. So we were hurrying up playing catch up, trying to trying to get back to where. Uh, needed to be so we had to come to the track early we started last in a heat race finished fourth and started 16th in the main and i was like man this is awesome and then later on we got caught in an incident we got slowed up got ran into but all in all it was great i ran the rest of the race without power steering just very thankful for the opportunity had hoop all grading on board uh same people that's on board with my race car right now which is my stepdad so uh it was just amazing how everything came together absolutely well we certainly um, wish you the best in the rest of this season, but I uh, would love to know uh, who all is on your crew and your sponsors to keep that 73 going in victory lane. Oh, yeah. I got a uh, football grading on the side. G&G Motorsports was just as my dad and myself on my car. Uh, and we're the sole crew members on this super sportsman. Uh, I'm sure when you see us at the track, we don't have a bunch of people around us. And if they are, they're just there to hang out. But <laughs> um, the other thing is, and the, the modified, I got to thank uh, Jordan Austin, Jim Austin, Trey Hovis. I mean, they're the ones that really put that deal together. It's a Hornaday chassis. They have Austin Dental on the side of it, Greenway, USA Towing, and uh, just really great people they have involved in the. Uh, uh, you know, in their modified deal, and, and it's hard for me to try to run two things and keep two cars up. So for them to take initiative and, and ask me to drive, it was a real honor. Absolutely. Well, well, Colt, we certainly appreciate you coming on this morning to speak with us and wish you and your team the best for the rest of the season. We sure do. Thanks for coming on, Colt. Yes, sir. I really greatly appreciate it. And thank you, ma'am. Hopefully uh, we can get a couple more wins in Big Sheila. Absolutely. Look what? forward to seeing you. Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. What a nice guy. He's great. That sounded really good. And he's uh, one of the up-and-coming stars there, Alan? Yes, he is. He's or, or already a star. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Well, Alan, we got about uh, eight minutes here before we take a break. You want to tell us a little about whatever's going on? Well, we got The local bit. tracks? Or, or is uh, Jada going to do that? Oh, you're Pretty much well. going to let her do it. I've been kind of working this week, and I kind of, you know, I, you know, I kind of, Messed that up a little bit about the Winston Cup. I mean, the big race. That's all right. But uh, you're allowed. Okay. (laughs) Well, tonight at um, Cherokee Speedway, and I believe that we're going to speak to Tony Adair um, here shortly. But tonight at Cherokee Speedway, it is Fan Appreciation Night. And they are going to be racing six divisions. Um, Last Saturday night, I want to go back to... The results from there, um, 
great race, um, especially super sportsmen. Had 21 cars, probably a record number there, um, with Colt Gilliam taking the lead uh, to take it to victory lane. Um, stock four was Jamie Madison. Um, the Crusa Street Stock um, went to Jesse Rocket. Uh, Jesse Rocket was wheeling a Thomas McCurdy uh, car, and uh, Caleb McLaughlin actually finished second to him. Good name for a race driver. Absolutely. And um, Caleb and his team um, decided to, to do a little protest and, and figure out, you know, exactly what was in that, that rocket of a car, really, um, and pulled the motor. And uh, Jesse Rocket was declared the winner of that of that race um hats off to the sportsmanship on both teams there um couldn't have asked for a a more peaceful protest and um you know caleb even offered his motor because as we know when a motor is torn down it it takes a good while to to get it back together and those boys are actually going to i believe it is 311 tonight for a big race um so good luck to uh our local drivers in that um the ultimate was there uh, last Friday night with Chris Ferguson taking the win. Michael Brown was second. Kristen Thomas was third. Brett Ham fourth. And Kyle Hardy was fifth. Sixth was Rambo Franklin. Seventh was Anthony Sanders uh, rounding out the top seven. So certainly um, it was a great race. As Dad said, stands were full. Um, couldn't have asked for a better uh, atmosphere to have stands back full and um certainly would have you know liked to have seen us finish in the top five but unfortunately had some bad luck and you know that just happens uh in racing and it is what it is as as some will say um certainly at uh harris speedway tonight they are going back racing and uh to my knowledge they are having fans in the stands tonight um they are having uh, Crate Sportsman, 602 Late Models, Renegade, Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock, Thunder Bomber Futures, Front Wheel Drive Stock, and Young Guns. Um, pits are $30 to get in. They open at 4 o'clock. Grandstands are $15. Driver's meeting starts at 6.30. There is no entry fee. Um, I know entry fees have been a little topic of discussion around the dirt tracks. Um, and certainly... Uh, I understand the the point of an entry fee whenever you don't have anyone in the stands to build that purse. Um, so we certainly appreciate the local uh, dirt tracks waiving those entry fees uh, for our drivers because, as we know, it, it's it's not a money making business. It's a it's a hobby that we all love. Um, the uh, results from Harris Speedway last week: Pure Stop, Mitchell Harris, Matt Spencer, and AJ Lynch. For the top three, Thunder Bomber Futures, Randy Kentrell, James Morrison, and Jordan LeClaire. V6 went to Kevin Brooks, Josh Whitfield, Tim Riddle. Chris Jackson took the Renegade win with Josh Burgess finishing second, Josh Ayers third. Um, Front wheel drive went to Wayne Cowart, Randy Hill, and Ricky Hill. Thunder Bomber was uh, Bubba Worley, Brandon Satterfield, and Taylor Johnson. So, um, Hair Speedway, like I said, will be running tonight. 
Cherokee Speedway will be running. I believe that there's a big MMSA race going on at Friendship tonight. So a lot of our uh, stock four drivers will be headed to Friendship to race, I believe, for $1,200. Certainly wish them the best um, for a a safe drive there and certainly safety and uh, well wishes during the race there. Um, Also at Friendship is Renegade 604, 602, Open Wheel Modified, Front Wheel Drive, Thunder Bomber, and Young Guns there. Um, So hope to see everybody tonight, though, at Cherokee Speedway for the first points race um, and also the uh, fan appreciation night where it's, it's always great to see kids and fans and Adults come through those stands and and have the biggest uh, smile on their face and get to interact with the drivers. Um, so certainly appreciate Cherokee Speedway allowing that to happen tonight because um, it also gives the opportunity for the drivers to get to know their fans. Um, because without the fans, we all know dirt track wouldn't happen um, on a weekly basis. Yep, the couple of weeks that we raced over there and we didn't actually have fans in the stands, uh, things just didn't feel right. Absolutely, because, you know, as Dad said last week, where we are at, we actually cannot see turn one and two fully. Mm-hmm. So when Danny goes into turn one and you see the crowd up on their up on their feet, I know something's going on. So that's my <laughs> cue to jump off that trailer and start running. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're also my, my watch as well. Okay. Well, that's, that sounds uh, like you're not going to have a problem with that tonight. There'll no, be a, sir. a lot of people jumping up. And uh, I think Dudley's is open if you need chicken wings. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to take a break. I, but before we take it and before I forget, I got I to... Gotta, Mention Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast and uh, Start Your Engines website. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Facebook page and the Bud Moore Engineering website. He uh, does a great job for us. Lanny, we appreciate everything you do. I hope you enjoyed the thing we played on your Uncle Bud earlier. And uh, we're going to take a break right now and we're going to come back and talk to Tony Adair. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has...
has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Cleary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up. Place an order online or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. When it's hot and it's hot, there's only one thing better than water, ice. And Spartanburg Water has twice the ice with 12 convenient ice houses located around the county. Twice the ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. Twice the ice is never touched by human hands, never stored in a warehouse, and uses local water. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So, what if you're walking out to your car after work today and it's been mashed by a runaway garbage truck? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. Having your own State Farm agent means having a real person there to help you when things go wrong. So when accidents happen, you've got someone you know who will be there when you need them. Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg is that State Farm agent. Cliff's got your back when things go wrong. Call Cliff Gobert on East Main Street today, 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Yeah, now that's back when I liked... Uh... That's my kind of music there. I like that. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're back to start your engines for our last segment, and it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Tony Adair from Cherokee Speedway. What's going on, Tony? Hey, man, how you doing? Doing um, great. Start off to a nice, beautiful, warm day, it looks like. That's why we played hot time in the city <laughs> there for you. We definitely need it today. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a hot night, and always... Uh, I think this racing on Saturday night. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad that there's not rain in the forecast for tonight, Tony. Yeah, I mean, you know how, how the forecast is this time of year. It varies so much, you know, with chance of showers and thunderstorms, it seems like constantly. But uh, everything's shaped up good for tonight, and uh, looks like it's going to be a beautiful night for racing. Absolutely. I touched on our 
fan appreciation night earlier, but if you will uh, kind of tell our folks out there in the listening area uh, how they can get down and meet their driver one-on-one and when that's going to happen in the in the events tonight. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it's basically, you know, with everything that's been going on, you know, we've been able to run a few races. I think I uh, spoke with y'all back at the end of February 1st of March, and pretty much everything got shut shut down for a couple of months, you know, and then uh, we were able to start back racing without fans, which is very tough, something I never want to see again in my lifetime, uh, you know, and, and it's very hard to do that, uh, makes it tough for everybody, and uh, uh, we've just been able to allow our fans to come back to an extent over the last couple of weekends, and uh, it has really, uh, it's really brightened everything up a little bit, and so Tonight, what we want to do is uh, we want to, you know, go through our uh, hot lap sessions and our heat races for our six divisions that will be racing tonight. And then uh, we're going to ask all of our cars that's pitted in the infield to come to the outside of turn two to the outside pit area. And all the other cars and haulers will be out there and, and ask our fans to be able to come over and mingle with the drivers and uh, see their favorite cars, uh, maybe get an autograph, a picture. Uh, and, you know, just let them stay and mingle as long as they would like, you know. And in that way, we can actually start our features back, you know, and uh, uh, those people can hang out and uh, go back to their seats whenever they get ready. I mean, just something to show them our appreciation, you know. And uh, I, I know it's always a plus to uh, be able I mean, I, I was a kid, you know. It, it was the biggest thing in the world to be able to meet my favorite driver or see my favorite race car. Absolutely. And I, I love whenever the cars uh, stop on the front stretch right before they they take their warm-up lap before it goes green for the main event. And to see the kids run down and uh, wave at the drivers through their through the fence and to see the drivers wave back. And I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And so excited for tonight to be able to mingle with everybody and, like you said, try to try to show the fans some appreciation um but also uh just to get back to a little bit of normalcy um exactly exactly so um but yeah. not only is tonight a big race uh for the fans uh give us a rundown of what you got going on next weekend because i know next okay. weekend is big I, at I will, and i want to add one more thing to tonight uh yes uh what you just talked about about you know having each division come out when you, you know, when you don't have seven or eight divisions of racing, you have a little bit more time to do a little extra. And, and uh, everybody knows that all post-race interviews with the winner, uh, Victory Circle's normally in the infield. Tonight it will be on the front straightaway at the flag stand, you know, where, you know, they can be up close and personal with the, you know, the fans and the grandstands and all. That's something else we're also doing tonight. Awesome. You know, every Victory Circle will be on the front stretch. Yeah, it, it, it's just trying to get a little more personal and close, you know, closer to, you know, you know, be able to you know see see your favorite driver and favorite team and stuff. You know, uh, celebrating a victory. You know, it's, I love it. That, that's the other thing we're doing tonight. But yes, next week is huge. Uh, Friday night is our Lucas Oil race. Uh, it happens once a year. Uh, it's varied from the second or third weekend in June to right right after the fourth. You know, just according. But it finally got moved back to June because it was all over top of July fourth uh, the last few years and. Uh, it's June 12th, Friday night. Uh, it's a very big deal, and it got even bigger yesterday because our other touring super late model series that tours through the, out the United States, the World Outlaw Series, is actually going to be off next weekend. Uh, they can't race 
uh, where they were scheduled to race. Wow. And with fans and stuff. So that's really huge for us also because it helps us pick up a lot of cars from that series. It follows it, uh, you know, to come together with the Lucas Oil Series guys. And uh, that means we're going to have a lot of uh, good drivers and stuff in the house for next Friday night. And, you know how weather is this time of year. I mean, it didn't look good for a while, but now it looks good. So hopefully it stays that way. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to next Friday night, but because um, it it does sound like the top of the top drivers will be there, especially for that super late model division. Um, so, yeah, but, any anytime you put twelve thousand to win on the line and a thousand dollars to start the main event, I mean, you know, you could attract anybody in the United States that you know feels like they got a you know a good change. They want to show up, especially it being the only major series race. Absolutely. Well, Tony, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to speak to us this morning. We know you're a very busy man preparing for tonight. Um, but certainly we hope to see everybody out at Cherokee Speedway for Fan Appreciation Night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate talking with y'all. And like I say, it, it's been a real tough year. But, uh, you know, at least at least we're starting to get back to, you know, a, a little bit of normality in life. And, and that's what we really, really need right now. Tony, Tony, we want to have you on again uh, later on in the year. That sounds like a winner. Anytime, you just let me know. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. All right. Thank y'all. All right. Bye-bye. Tony Adair got his hands full over there tonight. He does. Hopefully those stands will be packed and uh, you uh, you do good. Yep. Yeah. You got a good concession stand, too. Got some good hamburgers and hot dogs. That's right. And we got the pickle man. Don't forget the pickle man. <laughs> What is the pickle man? Oh God, the pickle man! I don't, I don't really know his name, but I just know him as the pickle man. He makes the best pickles. Perry, don't worry, I will bring you some. No, you won't. Well, you can bring them. I, I, somebody at my house he's got might eat them. Kinds. He's got all kinds. Uh, I'm not a it's, pickle it's, guy. I really mushrooms, know. pickles, mushrooms, watermelon. maybe watermelon's good. Oh. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we got about seven minutes here, so let me touch on a few things. Uh, the Cup, that's, um, they just call it the Cup now. The Winston, Nextel, all that stuff's over with. Sprint. <laughs> uh, they, uh, real quickly, everybody knows, they ran Bristol last week. And uh, Ron, Ke- Ron, this is daddy. Brad Keselowski won it. And um, Clint Boyer was second. He finally dodged everything in what turned into a crash fest and actually had a good finish in second place. Jimmy Johnson was third. He's going to win one one of these days, especially if the first two or three take each other out on the last lap. Kyle Busch was fourth. Eric Jones, fifth. Austin Dillon, sixth. Kurt Busch was seventh. William Byron, eighth. Christopher Bell, ninth. And Bubba Wallace in Richard Petty's car had a good finish. Um, I think that's their first top ten of the year. And looking at the point standings and actually... This is the playoff standings. We don't really fool with the point standings. Joey Logano is first with uh, two wins. And, of course, the tiebreaker are the stage points and everything. We won't get into that. But he's got a 31-point uh, lead over Brad Keselowski, who's got two wins in second. Denny Hamlin is third with two wins. Harvick is fourth with one. Chase Elliott is fifth with one. He should have about three. Um, Alex Bowman is sixth with one. Then you got, based on just the points, the stage points, Martin Truex is 7th, Ryan Blaney is 8th, Kyle Busch is ninth, and Kurt Busch is 10th. Let's quickly jump over to the Xfinity Series, where they ran the Cheddar 300, 
uh, presented by Alsco. That was at Bristol on this past Monday night. Of course, they mixed them up and crashed them there at the finish with uh, uh, the two JR Motorsports cars. And that was Noah Cragston and Daniel Hemrick, the teammates that mixed it up. Well, Noah Cragston turned out to be the winner. Winner. With uh, Chase Briscoe second, Brandon Jones third, Harrison Burton fourth, Matt Niat Snyder fifth, Henry ended up sixth, Brandon Brown seventh, and Jeremy Clements was eighth, which bumped him up into point standings. And we'll touch on that right now if I can get to the right page. Uh, the point standings with the Xfinity Series Chase Briscoe was first with a nine point lead over Noah Cragson. Harrison Burton is third, Justin Allgaier fourth. Uh, Ross Chastain, the watermelon man, is fifth, speaking of watermelons. Sixth is uh, Austin Sendrick. Seventh, Brandon Jones. Eighth, Justin Haley. Ninth, Ryan Sieg. And tenth is Riley Herbst. And as I said, Jeremy Clemens moved up to a tie for 19th in the standings with Chad Fincham. They will run this afternoon, and we'll get to the time of that. I think it's about 4.30. The trucks will run, going to kick off our day of racing on television today at at, uh, Atlanta. With the Vet Ticks Camping World 200, that is at 1 o'clock on FS1. Uh, the point standings there, Austin Hill is first, Johnny Souter second, Lane Smith is third, Ben Rhodes fourth, and Brett Moffat is fifth. Let me go back to the uh, Xfinity for just one second and tell you that that race is at 4.30. That is the Echo Park 250, and that is on Fox. That's on the big network. So, uh... That's what's happening this afternoon. At night, we have the Indy cars will be running at Texas, which I think is going to be a real thrill because uh, they're kind of untested and they're super-duper fast. That will be the Genesis 300. See, I've been reading this every week saying 600, but now they got 300. So I don't know what happened, but 300 makes a lot more sense. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock start on NBC. I was going to go over some of the team changes. Maybe we can do it next week. We're not even close to having time to do all that. But there are a lot of team changes. Chevrolet is heavily represented. A.J. Foyt's got four cars out there and maybe five at uh, Indianapolis. And, uh, of course, Penske's got his usual fleet. Ray Hall, Letterman, Chip Ganassi. And so we'll get into that Andretti Motorsports. The uh, ARCA cars uh, are still off until... Uh, Talladega on the 20th, but they do have a revamped schedule that was uh, in the papers here recently as of yesterday, I think it was. And they're going to run some companion events, of course, at Pocono. We'll get into that a little bit when it gets closer. Got a new WeatherTech sports car series uh, uh, schedule here, and it looks like their next race is on July 4th at Daytona. If this is accurate, and it's supposed to be, uh, then Sebring on the the 18th. So, uh, if you can't get Mike to join us someday and tell us what's going on there and get us up to date. And here is the TV schedule for today. The Gander Truck Series runs Atlanta on FS1 at 1 o'clock. At uh, 4.30, the Xfinity Series is on Fox at Atlanta. At 5 o'clock, NBCSN has IndyCar pre-race qualifying. Of course, it's pre-race qualifying. Uh, that's at Texas. Then at 8 o'clock on NBC, the IndyCar race, which I think is going to be something to see. And then tomorrow at 3 o'clock, we haven't talked that much about it, but 3 o'clock on Fox will be the Atlanta um, Folds of uh, Honor 
500. Uh, I've got a little schedule here for uh, things that are coming up. Uh, uh, Pocono is going to run the ARCA cars on Friday the 26th. And the trucks on Saturday the 27th and 27th, uh, also the cup cars. And then the 28th, Xfinity cars and the cup cars. So they got a lot of double headers coming up at Pocono. Got a minute to go. Jada, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, you uh, you pretty up the place, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. And, uh, Alan, you pretty it up, too, I got to admit. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you tonight. And, uh. Hope um, you get all those parts put back in the in uh, where they're supposed to go. That uh, you well, sent me that picture scattered all over the floor. Well, I had some help. Mr. Wilson come down yesterday. Went Mr. Back, Wilson come back and got my recliner, and I had air conditioning going and the ceiling fans going, and he went to sleep back there for some reason. <laughs> I woke him up an hour and a half later. <laughs> well, that? he's just about in a situation where he don't have to worry about. Uh, Showing up at a track with no racing because everybody's racing pretty much. Thank goodness, yes. Everybody's back to green flags. So uh, certainly hope to see everyone out at local dirt tracks. And good luck to all the drivers and crews tonight. And I don't think weather's going to be a factor except it's going to be good weather. It's going to be good. It's going to be hot. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to about do it for us this week. Uh, Greg, we hope to get you back next week. And Ronnie, you make yourself... uh, available as soon as you can hope you're feeling better and uh we'll be back next week with uh another edition of start your engines we appreciate everybody listening go to a racetrack or sit down in front of the tv and watch a race because there's plenty of it and remember keep it between the fences You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSB.